Well, welcome back to Digital Bytes Show, and I'm delighted to be joined by John Carr. And John, if I can be so rude, you've written a title, um, which is um, Navigating AML KYC Regulatory Landscape in the Offshore Locations, Key Requirements, Best Practice. Flipping heck, is a bit of a mouthful. Um, <laughs> I'm, but I'm really interested, perhaps before we get into the article, can you just explain a little bit about context of you, you know, your what you've been involved in over the last, what, 20 or 30 years and some of the different organizations you work with. Because I think I'll put a bit of context for the listeners um, as to why you've written the article as you have. Yeah, brilliant. Thanks, Johnny. Thanks for uh, thanks for your time today. It's really interesting to get together with you and talk about this stuff. So yeah, I'm um I've I've been in financial services and banking for I think this year is my 34th year. So oh my started, goodness, man and boy. Yeah. Or boy I'm and an, man. I'm not, yeah, man and boy completely. So <laughs> Left school and joined, you know, traditional banking for twenty odd years, um, and then um, been right through the sort of private retail, commercial, and corporate banking rails, um, and then left banking in about twenty thirteen. Um, did a bit of investigation, poacher term gamekeeper. Then actually did some um, some investigation work for the FCA on bank conduct um, around you know the twenty thirteen time where. Banks have probably in the past not behaved particularly well to its again for its customers. Well, that's um, a so, polite way to say in the past. Have yeah, that suddenly yeah. changed then? <laughs> well, well you know, Lazarus moment and risen from I, the ashes. I've still got to stay stay true to my banking roots, as it were. Oh, um, yeah. But yeah, so uh, did a did a few very interesting investigations for some rather large, high profile UK banks uh, on behalf of the regulator, um, and then for. You know, ever since about 2015, 16, been in the sort of fintech world where either working in some more mature fintechs, but generally more early stage startups and scale ups, trying to help them from a risk and compliance perspective, because that's my, you know, that's my history about making sure that businesses are set up and controlled in a way that they can stay the right side of the uh, the rules and regulations which they have to operate within, either in the FC from the FCA or other jurisdictions and regulators that govern those companies. But, but it's also not not just with respect, it's relatively straightforward and with use of AI going to be even more straightforward to read the rules. But it's being able to interpret the rules and regulations, yet still allow businesses to innovate and develop and, and introduce change, though, John. Absolutely. And, I, you know, there's there's many a phrase that some of your listeners will be used to. And uh, some people, you know, use, I, I remember back in my day, uh, when I was in the bank, that we used to call compliance sort of the business prevention unit. Oh, uh, as if, yeah. as if, <laughs> because it's very important. Like you say, the the rules, the rules are the rules, and you know, um, it's how you actually operationalize the rules to stay within the the rules that you're having to operate within, but actually not strangle the business unnecessarily, so it can actually continue to do business. And I think the ability for risk and compliance people to be able to practically be able to assist the business in in implementing its strategy and staying within the within the rules that they have to operate and pragmatically um so you know apply these help the business apply the rules to operate in these environments is, is becoming a more and more important and challenging thing for people to do yeah yeah and uh, it's it's all, it's interesting, John, isn't it? Because I, you know, ha having myself come from and being CEO of a regulated asset management business, obviously regulation is really important because at the end of the day, they can just turn around and shut you down and say stop. Um, or if you if there's some sort of transgression, and you know we've seen this with a number of 
um, high profile fund managers or individuals, you know, Nick Leeson in the banking world immediately springs to mind, you know, can destroy a bank overnight. Yet yeah. the regulator, to be fair to them, um, you know, if they didn't want innovation, if they didn't want change, it'd be very easy for them not to regulate new new companies or uh, new products and services. And they could just make it really, really, you know, almost impossible. Certainly in the UK, I would say it's juxtaposed to that. And we've seen the regulators say, no, we want more challenger banks, for example. Um, and, you know, we're, we're, we're in, in the sort of digital asset space. I know a lot of people get frustrated and say, yeah, but the regulator, you know, the, F the FCA crypto register, for example, or, you know, the banks won't deal in crypto and things like that. But as I'm sure you know, there's it's a bit like a swan, you know, going across the pond. It looks all very serene, nothing's happening. But underneath, there's a heck of a lot of paddling going on at the moment. But the one thing that doesn't seem to change, everyone is singing from the same hymn sheet when it comes to sort of AML and KYC. Yeah, and I think you know you're you're absolutely right, and I think the the regulator has has got a really tough job on their hands because, of course, you know one of their core one of their core objectives is to encourage competition within the within the market and the industries that they in which they regulate. But for them also, they need to ensure that the people that are doing it really know what they're doing and understand what they're doing and understand their obligations that that they're regulated on. Um, well, and you, I think. Well, you're right, you're right there. You're right there, John. Because whilst they are keen to encourage innovation, one of their other real key um, priorities is to maintain confidence in the financial markets, uh, and, yes. and therefore it's all about having change. We've got to make sure that that change doesn't come at the expense of not treating customers fairly or allowing a whole load of sort of nefarious actors to take control of the you know the keys to the safe, so to speak. Yeah, and 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 that's exactly right, Johnny. And I think. Getting those two to work together is a really hard thing. To be fair, um, yeah. you know, to 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 have that innovation, but also have that confidence that we're not going to have another two thousand and nine. Uh, we're not going to have issues where you know customers are really treated unfairly. They're not communicated with properly. They end up losing, you know, a lot of money that they pro possibly couldn't afford to lose in the first place. And you know, you, you'll see, I think it's the end of this, the end of July, sorry, not the end of this month, the end of July, the FCA are implementing something called consumer duty. Um, and that's something that's very important to the FCA in order to help maintain the integrity of the system. Yeah. Um, so, you know, maintaining that integrity is a really important thing for the, the regulator to ensure that the, 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 the firms that they regulate are aware of and I think you know, going to the, the the subject matter of KYC and AML, as you said, it's a it's a relatively. It's not. I wouldn't call it straightforward, but it's not a brand new thing for anybody. But actually, how we do it, how we consistently do it, how we control it, and how we make sure it's being done properly for relatively new businesses. I'm not talking about you know these tier one banks that have been around for two hundred odd years. Um, they understand. They've been doing it for some time. They may uh, not. You get it wrong well. a lot of the time, though, John. Well, I was, yeah, I was going to say. I, I'm not <laughs> suggesting they are um, blameless and are not doing it well of themselves. Um, but of course, in in the new digital world, um, we've got the the challenge of making sure that the new fintechs that we have within the space that aren't that do get through regulation are able to maintain their regulation and not get themselves their customers. And the firms and the controllers of those firms into trouble because, you know, ultimately at the end of the day, this this could not just mean 
people getting fined. It could not just mean people losing their licenses. Um, this could mean people going to prison. Yeah. Uh, and that is a really important thing for for firms to understand that the ultimate sanction is not just restriction of your restriction of your permission or the withdrawal of your permission. You know, your money laundering reporting officer or your head of compliance could end up going to prison. Yeah. And and that to be fair, John, that's a big change since you and I came into the industry 20, 30 years ago. That wasn't 100. wasn't a feature. No, absolutely. I, you know, under the approved person regime and and the regimes prior to that, you know, they, over the years, it, it's grown to, you know, under money laundering regulations, you can go to prison. But like I say, under the new like senior manager regime that has been introduced by the regulator pretty much post 2009 because of the challenges that were incurred there. Um, it's placing a lot more ownership on the knowledge and the experience of those in significant control functions, as it were, within a within a financial services firm. To ensure that they're doing it properly, yeah, yeah, and 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 it was, it was interesting. Um, we, we saw um, a couple of years ago that one of the one of the directors at uh, Lloyd's Bank, for example, he was personally fined, um, you know, because um, the regulator weren't happy with some of the systems and controls from a, from a technology point of view. So yeah. okay, the guy, yeah, guy probably was getting paid well, but nevertheless, it becomes very personal, and that's why, and rightly so, the boards are much much more responsible and accountable and whilst it seems like a lot of form filling and box ticking um you know there is a reason behind it the, the rules aren't made up for fun they're made up because scallywags have actually you know basically lied cheated and ripped people off so the regulators actually bring in new rules and regulations to try and learn from some of the past misdemeanors absolutely um and, and like you said there's there's a lot of there's a lot of firms that are regulated by many regulators um, and to make sure that, you know, and post-Brexit now, we, we're going through a whole new system of applications for the FCA, where historically, because of the EU that we were part of, you were able to transact in the UK. Um, but if you were using a permission that was perhaps outside of the UK pre-Brexit, but now obviously the UK is no longer part of the EU, then you'll have to apply for a license in the UK. And, and that's like applying for a brand new license. And the regulator will take that as seriously, or well, if not more seriously than previously, because obviously you you fall and we fall under the FCA's guys now of regulation, not another regulators. So again, just going back to the knowledge and experience of these of these people that run these firms, it's very very important that the knowledge and experience is demonstrable to the regulator, so they can actually have confidence that the senior people within a business are running it as they should. And, and and John, is it is it fair to say, you know, I, you know I'm, I'm very patriotic, but I'm also a realist. Um, you know, the, the UK is great at sort of inventing things like yeah, cricket and football and, you know, snooker and, and and rules and regulations. But we don't always excel in every area. But the one area that we are very well known for and often it's referred to as the gold standard, and that's our financial services. Mm. And in, in your experience, do you do you see that being a big plus still um, when it when it comes to sort of, you know, looking out for new ways to ensure that AML and KYC is kept at a very high standard that then other overseas locations can perhaps adopt some of our best practices? Is, is that a fair summary? I, I think so. Yes, Johnny. Actually, and we've we've talked to many, uh, many clients recently uh, this year around sort of KYC and AML and in offshore jurisdictions and a number of them 
use that sort of gold star as being things like the the Channel Islands, you know, Jersey yeah. and Guernsey and the Isle of Man, where you know. And I remember back in my back in the days working at Barclays Trust Company, um, working with these offshore clients and and understanding the the sheer complexities of 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 sort of identifying the ubos and and doing all the relevant checks that you have to yeah, do what's on. a ubo i've heard a ufo what's a ubo <laughs> well the the uh a ubo is the ultimate beneficial owner of a business oh i thought it's yeah sort of something like i don't know a, uh, an unknown banker <laughs> no and, and and like you say really you know if if you're looking at offshore jurisdictions people like um Jersey and Guernsey are the ones that they're very mature. Uh, and as you'll know from your historical business dealings yourself, Johnny, that, you know, Jersey and Guernsey have been around a long time to house offshore jurisdiction, uh, offshore businesses. And pretty much everyone else, um, bar a few, but, you know, in the main, the vast majority of other offshore jurisdictions are a lot newer than places like Jersey and Guernsey. So the experience level and maturity of the system within those places within Jersey and Guernsey then is so mature and the experience and the knowledge in it of, of the systems and, and expectations in those jurisdictions are also high. Um, and, you know, Jersey and Guernsey are not on a, not on a list where, where you know, um, financial crime is, is, uh, and control is deemed unreasonable and, um, and not sufficient. So that's why you have all these other offshore jurisdictions say, well, if Jersey and, Jersey and Guernsey are doing it this way, then in order to ensure that we're absolutely, you know, towing the line from a regulatory perspective, let's look at what they do and perhaps even replicate some of that. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah, very, 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 very true. Very true. Well, look, John, re re really interesting. Um, I think what we do, we're going to get you back um you know perhaps towards the end of the summer and perhaps get you to share some of um a bit more insight into some of the things that are happening particularly in the digital space because i, I appreciate it's you know there's all sorts of challenges around sort of dow's i decentralized autonomous organizations you've got the whole thing about DeFi, whereby people want to deal peer-to-peer -peer and and not be dealing through um the normal sort of you know brokers and dealers and clearing houses and all the rest of it but um, some of it is certainly possible. You know, we've got regulated exchanges such as Swarm in Germany, for example. Some of it, it's going to be difficult to see how the regulators will get their heads down in the short term. So it'd be great to share some of your thoughts on that based on your, you know, years of experience in, in this sector. I'd be delighted to come back, Johnny. Thanks ever so much for Fantastic. having me. Okay. But before we go, John, um, presumably is LinkedIn probably the easiest way for people to get hold of you if, in case they'd like to hear more about and understand some of the other things you're involved in? Yeah, absolutely. Just hit me up on LinkedIn and I can uh, we can exchange contact details that way. Brilliant. Okay, it's J O H N car, but it's not one R. You got two R's. You've been greedy got, with the R's. Yeah, greedy with the R's as well. That's not from because you're from the West Country, is it? And you go no, R. R. No, no. <laughs> I'm close to it. I'm from Wales originally, so. Uh, oh well, that's far. pretty west of London. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right, John. Thank you very much for coming on the show, and um, we'll look forward to speaking to you soon. Brilliant. Thanks so much, Johnny. All right. All the best. Thank you.